I'm master life and weight loss coach, Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. Oh, I can't believe we are already now through Christmas to the last week of the year and heading straight into 2022. So this is exciting. Now, I do have to just mention here, I am a little frustrated because I just recorded this episode and then it got erased. So now I'm doing it again, (laughs) but I have another backup file that I'm recording to. So hopefully there are not any issues. Now, before we dive into 2022 and goal setting and the new year and all the things that comes with that, I want to take a minute to just share some of the things that I noticed, a couple things that stuck out to me over the holidays in regards to weight loss. Part of what I think makes Christmas so much fun is the anticipation of Christmas Day. It's not just about that one single day. It's the entire month that leads up to it. It's the shopping and the lights and the decorations and the cooking and baking and different scented candles. It's the time spent looking for gifts, buying gifts, being excited to give people things. It really takes on an entire month of energy. When we talk about getting ready for Christmas, many of us get ready now in November. (laughs) We don't even wait for December. And so what I've noticed is that we can have a lot of anticipation for these things, for holidays, for special events, for things like weddings, birthdays, anniversaries. And part of what makes them so fun and so exciting and so great is that anticipation leading up to the day. What I've noticed with weight loss is that the anticipation starts to wane, right? We are quickly met with impatience and disappointment, often due to a lack of belief, when we don't hit our goals fast enough or in the timeline that we think it should. And so part of the reason that we can plan a vacation or when we start a new job or we celebrate a holiday is that there's something very real and concrete about it. And often we are not celebrating too early. Like most of us are not gonna start celebrating and getting excited about Christmas in September. It's still hot outside. Maybe kids have just gone back to school. The pool still might be open. We're not thinking about Christmas whatsoever. And so in terms of the timeline, a lot of times that anticipation is there because it's just a few weeks long. And most of us, when we're working on things like losing weight or ending emotional eating, we actually have goals that are going to take us months to achieve. So part of it is just the timeline of it. It's expectations that we put on it. But with weight loss, we've also had some experiences in the past where we either tried to lose weight and we didn't, we either lost weight and then gained it back, or maybe we lost weight and now we're just terrified of staying there and can we really do it? We don't seem to have that same anticipation and excitement throughout our weight loss journey and throughout this process as we have with celebrating Christmas day or any other kind of like special day, special event. And so when we think about what would happen if we allowed ourselves to truly believe that this goal was 100% inevitable. What would happen? How would I live? What kind of actions would I take? How would I be thinking and feeling if I truly believed that this goal that I've set for myself, whether it's around weight loss or around emotional eating, but if it was 100% inevitable that I hit that goal this year and this next year, how would things be different? How would I be showing up differently? And what I've noticed is that most of us are afraid to believe because we're afraid of being disappointed yet again. We're afraid of all the times that we've tried and we didn't hit our goal or we gained the weight back. And really what happens is we end up having negative thoughts that create the disappointment. 
So I feel disappointed because I didn't hit the goal or I should have, I should be further along. This is taking too long. So I have thoughts that create the disappointment. And then I have thoughts because of that disappointment, like this sucks, I suck, it's never gonna happen, I just need to get over it, I'm destined to be stuck in this body forever. There's a lot of negativity that we just swirl in. And so the disappointment isn't usually just from one day or one event, it's from days, weeks, months of this doubt and fear and hesitation and worry. And what happens when we typically are trying to avoid a negative emotion? We eat. Our brain has simply put it together that when this negative emotion comes up, how we solve for that? With some pie, with some chocolate, with another glass of wine. Our brain has simply learned that food will make this better, that food will distract you from these thoughts and emotions. And because we struggle with all negative emotions, as a society, I think we are just programmed to believe that we need to stay positive and life is going to be 90% good, maybe 95% good. And it's only gonna be like 5% bad, like just a little bit. And so whenever we, it seems like maybe there's a little more bad than what should be there. And a lot of times, and let's be real, like a lot of us don't think any bad should happen, right? Like we think life should be just, you know, smooth sailing and it should be perfect. Like a perfect marriage looks like never fighting. Perfect kid looks like somebody who never cries. It sounds silly when I say it out loud, but like for a long time, I I had this idea that a perfect marriage meant that we never fought, that there never were disagreements. Like it was a very unrealistic expectation, primarily stemming from the fact that I didn't know what good healthy communication looked like, how to have a healthy disagreement. And so when you don't know what that looks like, you don't know how to you don't know how to create it or what's realistic and what's not. Same thing is true of weight loss. When you don't know what a realistic weight loss program looks like or how to truly end emotional eating or how to lose weight eating the food you love. When we don't have a clear vision of this, we don't know how to go forward and make it happen. And so coming back to emotions though, right? we often get hung up on this like 50-50 idea. And I know I did for a while, this idea that life is 50% good, 50% bad. Or not bad, but there's good, like positive emotions and negative emotions. I think that's probably a better way of explaining it, right? It's gonna be 50% positive emotions, 50% negative emotions. And for many of us, we're like, Oh, do not sign me up for that. That sounds terrible. 50% of the time I'm going to have a negative emotion and experiencing something like negative in my life. No, thank you. Nope, I do not want that. That's what I thought for a long time. And I really would negotiate for it. Do you think maybe we could get to 60-40? Maybe 40% negative and 60%. Let's just outweigh the bad just a little bit. Maybe if we're really good and we really work hard, we can get to 75. Like maybe we could do this. Instead of realizing that the only reason why I'm like 50-50 brings up this aversion is because of my thoughts about it. It's my thoughts about feeling negative emotions. There's an aversion to it, right? And so if I'm not good at handling, processing, allowing, and dealing with these negative emotions, it makes it so logical. Of course, I'm going to want to eat to get over it. And when I'm not comfortable with my own negative emotions, I sure as hell am not going to be comfortable with somebody else's. So I'm either going to be avoiding, it might be like retreat, run and hide, or I'm going to be trying to fix it, trying to people please. I'll be taking responsibility for it when that's not my burden to bear. That's not my cross. And so we have to really understand and look at what's really going on here. Because again, if we go back to expectations and having this expectation that life is going to be 50% positive versus 50% negative emotions, I don't have to get so worked up over it. But we have so much, we have so many thoughts and trauma and so much drama around how life should be. 
And so, of course, there's going to be disappointment if life doesn't show up a certain way, if we don't lose the weight, if we don't keep the weight off, we can feel disappointed. And every time we get our hopes up again, just to gain the weight back, just to not lose weight, it, it hurts. It really chips away at our confidence, at our self-belief. And this is the, what's not talked about. This is the most, like the most insidious part about it all is that we have not learned how to change our conversation with ourselves, about ourselves throughout this entire process. We don't know how to create a process that we actually enjoy. That's the thing. It's like part of why the anticipation of Christmas is like so appealing and it's so much fun is because we do fun things. <laughs> like We have parties and we have events and we decorate cookies and we buy gifts and we spread the love and the joy. And we do, uh, we have a fun process for celebrating the day. When your weight loss process is not fun and easy and doable, when it's filled with misery and shame and deprivation and punishment, of course you're not going to want to do that. Nobody is going to sign up for that. Nobody's going to want to stay there because how you get there is how you're going to have to stay. If I lose weight cutting out all carbs, I can't incorporate carbs back in and expect to still maintain that weight loss. We don't know how to have a healthy relationship with food. It's not just what the food does in your body. It's that I've created this all or nothing thinking and this relationship with food that has made it bad to eat carbs. And now I am bad. And when I'm being bad, if I've had a piece of bread, screw it. I might as well eat the whole loaf now. Like, why bother? I've already ruined the day. I've already ruined my diet. already ruined my week. This is a common thing to fall into. And so this is why I believe so strongly in coaching. Because I've had coaches. I've worked with them. I've seen how much it changes life. Or how much it, it changes lives. How much it changes my life. And this is really what has driven me to become a coach. And because... Coaches are there to help bring you back into belief when that belief starts to when the fear and the doubt and the hesitation creeps back in. They're going to argue for your goals and dreams. They're going to argue on your behalf and they're going to fight for those dreams that you told them you wanted because your brain, your human brain is designed to argue against yourself. It's designed to argue against your hopes and and dreams. It's designed to argue against doing something new. It's going to tell you all the reasons why you can't do it. And it's going to give you this slew of evidence as to here's because your brain wants to keep you safe and alive. That's it. Like that is the whole goal of your habit brain to keep you safe. And when you set new goals, when you have these new beliefs, when you have these dreams and desires, especially for things that you haven't done before, it's going to be scary as shit. I get it. I've been there. I am there. I feel like I am always there, like setting new goals, having no evidence to support it and having to believe and keep moving forward. And that is so uncomfortable. And that's what I call the belief gap is when we are believing things that we don't have any evidence to support. When we are believing things and believing that we can create results that we have never done before. It's very uncomfortable. It's challenging work. This is the work that we need to do. I don't give a crap what you do in the gym. It does not mean you do not need to be doing burpees. You don't need to be running. You don't need to be doing anything like physically like the work is done here. It's done in our brains. It's done with our thoughts about food. It's done in believing in ourselves and cultivating that belief. Even when the evidence in the past says that we shouldn't believe that. It's choosing to believe and choosing to do something new, even when you're afraid of yet again being disappointed. 
And this is why a coach can be so valuable because they can help stand in that solid foundation and create that for you to bring you back. They can't believe for you. I cannot believe for my clients. What I can do is be that foundation that they can cling on to for a bit of time as they build their own foundation to believe. They need to have their own foundation of belief. That's part of my job is helping them to create and cultivate that within themselves. And there's gonna be a time where they borrow my belief. That's okay. But they're also working on creating their own. They're not just trying to borrow it forever and ever. They have to be the ones to work on their belief as well. And this is why it's so helpful to have somebody outside of you who can help you see and help you bring awareness to things. Like we just want to become more aware of what's going on. We want to become aware of when we're not eating what we said we would, of when we are emotionally eating, of when we're truly overeating, some of these basic things. And so it's just this whole idea of like anticipation and enjoying the process and enjoying the ride. It just fits so well into what I teach when it comes to weight loss and emotional eating. And it's very much in alignment with how we spend the holidays and how we do things. That's just it. Part of the fun is the process. It is the journey. So as we look forward into this next year, it's important that we also look backwards and we do it from a place of curiosity and like we're that detective, not from a place of blame, shame, or judgment. So we want to be able to look back at this past year and really look at, okay, what were some of my wins? What were some of my mistakes or some of my failures? What were some of the challenges as well as what were the successes? What am I proud of myself for? We need to really own that to look at the positive. I think so often, especially if we don't hit a goal, we may have made progress towards it, but if we haven't actually hit the goal, it's really easy to just see the gap. Well, I still have so much further to go. I can't believe it's taking me this long. I I didn't hit this goal. I failed. And we just have this like hard stop. And again, it's back to this all or nothing kind of mentality. And it's just this idea that it's going to be really hard to shake because we've just grown up with it for so long. We've told ourselves this for so long. So it's natural that this is where your brain wants to go. But I'm going to challenge you here to do things a little differently. So we want to start looking backwards and and assessing. And again, with compassion and self-love and true curiosity. And then we'll start to look forward. So I've got a few questions here. And feel free to journal these out or to think about these. You can pause this and think about the answers. These are really powerful questions. And I did this as just an exercise for myself (laughs) and I always test things out on me. I'm always looking at, okay, what do I like? What, you know, resonates, what feels um, like would be a very powerful or like what's going to be the right question to ask here? Because I think we can ask some really, not that we ask bad questions, but sometimes we ask ourselves questions that don't get us anywhere, that don't create any, uh, any learning from. So all that aside. (laughs) Question number one, what was the best decision you made this year and why? And I love this question because it's going to challenge us to look at what decision did we do? Like what decision did we make that was like a great decision? And you can break this down into different areas of your life, right? And you may even want to start by listing out, okay, what were all of the good decisions that I made this year? And really get clear on what were some of them. So now this was towards the end of 2020, but like we bought a house. That was a great decision. We had, this was our first house that we bought. And in the past, it has been a great decision to not buy. It has been a great decision to rent. 
And this time around, like buying was a great decision. I joined a stroller group. We started attending a new church. I put time and attention on my own weight loss and my own, like getting my body back and really healing and building up my strength, teaching body pump, getting back into that. We created a real estate company and started investing, working with a life coach, taking six months of maternity leave. Like these were some of the things that like these were good decisions. From that, I can look at, okay, what were my top three, you know, what were my three best decisions or what was my number one best decision that I made this year? And why am I ranking that as my best decision? And this for me, I like having categories. I like looking at, okay, as a mom, what was my best decision? As a wife or in relationship to my marriage, what was my best decision? When it comes to like my business, my career, what was my best decision? And those are often going to be highlights. So that plus my own like weight loss, emotional eating journey, those four things are often like the top of my list of anything that I want to focus on. Those are often going to be at the top. So I want you to think about for you, what's most important to you? What are the key areas of your life that mean the most? And now what was the best decision that you made in each one of those areas? And then we also want to start to look at what part of the decision felt hard and how did you work? For example, taking six months of maternity leave, that was that felt hard to some extent just because there were thoughts about, oh, maybe I'm missing out. Oh, maybe I should be doing more. Oh, there were, it felt hard because of my habit brain running amok in my head. It just felt hard because of some of the thoughts that I had about whether or not I could still hit goals for the year and do that. But it was such a great time, like looking back and and being able to like just assess. And I did it in one month increments. I started at three months and then I decided to take one more month. And then I think I decided to take, two, I don't know if I took two months from there, but it was like, it was just some small increments where I continued to reassess. And I knew that in May, life was still gonna be busy. It wasn't like we were totally settled. We were, I was still decorating the house. We were still traveling. We still had guests like every weekend for months. Like it wasn't that life all of a sudden just got boring or got quiet, but it was that I decided that I was no longer going to put my business on hold in order to try to let life settle down. I wasn't going to wait for things to calm down or to settle down. I was going to figure out how to pursue the business and how to do this as a mom, as a wife, while doing these other things and having these other hobbies, other goals, other businesses. Like that's what I decided was that I wanted to figure this out. I wanted to make this happen. I was dead set on launching a podcast. I was committed to making that happen. And But it didn't always feel easy in the moment because there were those thoughts of maybe you're missing out. Maybe you should do a little bit. Maybe you shouldn't take this much time off. It might be harder to come back. Think of all this momentum that you're losing. That's where my brain was going. That's why it felt hard. So we want to look at what felt hard why? How do we work through that? Because I'm going to tell you what, what makes it feel hard. It's going to be your thoughts. You're going to have thoughts about it. And then what was the greatest lesson that you learned? So what were some of the mistakes? And what were some of the lessons? And again, we might have a top three, right? It, it can be key themes. It can be very specific situations, right? Like a key theme that I learned was not to take people for granted. We experienced a fair amount of loss and illness this past year. And so really being committed to being able to see family, to prioritize family, to, to make time for friends, to create new friendships, to build these relationships, like that was a big goal of mine. And it stemmed from 
losing loved ones earlier in the year. I, I had, I've learned some very specific things in terms of like key themes around like time, <laughs> really like one of the key things for me was not basing my worth and value on how productive I am, really pulling that away from like how productive or how efficient I am with my time and really looking at how do I value myself differently and just value myself for who I am and how I show up, not just on how much I get done. So that was one of the key themes. And it was a lesson that I learned after trying to prove my worth with how productive I was being. So that's how I see this lesson playing out. And then feeling in control of my thoughts and feelings, right? Like really owning that these are my emotions. I am in control of them. I don't take responsibility for how other people think and feel. And I don't make them responsible for how they don't have to change in order for me to feel or think differently. And that's been another, <laughs> that's been another lesson I've been learning lately. And so it's good though to really look back and see, okay, what were some of the hard lessons? What were some of the things that were really good lessons to learn when I learned them? We want to look back and look at, okay, what are you most proud of yourself for this year? How many can you list? Can you list like 25? Can you come up with 25 things that you are proud of yourself for this year? And then maybe pick a top three. So I kept a human alive for an entire year. I am pretty dang proud of that. <laughs> I lost the baby weight and then some. I lost a couple extra pounds and I got my body composition back to normal. I started teaching body pump again. I launched a podcast, visited family, went all over the country visiting family, created a real estate business, bought our first short-term rental property, made friends, built that community. I doubled my revenue in my coaching business while working half the year. There are some things that I have to be proud of. I can also be proud of all of those times when I was reaching for food and I said, you know what? I'm not hungry. I'm not going to eat. All of those successful urges. I can be proud of all the days that I drank my water, all the days that I moved my body, all the days when I felt like it wasn't good enough and I did it anyways. All the days when I decided that this was good enough. All the days that I made a plan, right? Like it doesn't have to be these big monumental things. This year, I think I've lost, I'm at like 122 now. I was at 124 when I got pregnant. So I've lost a total of eight pounds, give or take one or two, depending on the day. But like I've lost maybe eight pounds. It hasn't been this earth shattering amount. It's not like I lost a hundred pounds, but I'm still really proud of those eight pounds because I lost it eating foods that I loved. I lost it in a way where I know I can maintain it. I lost it in a way where I feel like my composition is back and it's like, I feel good about my body. I feel good in my pants. I feel good wearing clothes. Like I put on a dress that I wore to a holiday party from 2007, from back when I was in college and it still fit. And it looked great. Like it didn't just fit. Like I looked amazing in it. That's super exciting. I'm very proud of the work that I've put into that. Right, so what are you proud of yourself for? And as we look forward, what are three areas that you want to work on next year? And what is one result that you want to create in each of those three areas? So again, I gave you like my top three are often going to be like baby slash mom, wife slash marriage, and business. I think the, the body and emotional eating is just a constant thing for me. It's something that's always going to be on the radar, something I'm always going to be like aware of and working on, but it doesn't take as much of my focus. I'm at a point now where instead of overeating and emotionally eating every day, multiple times a day, 
It now happens maybe once or twice a month. It's much, much less frequent. And I'm at the point now where I notice it and I like just maybe an hour later and I can think back and look at, oh, okay, so I'm feeling a little extra full here. I, I overate. I probably was just like three, maybe four bites. It wasn't a lot, but it was just an extra, a few extra bites. All right, what was I telling myself in the moment? Oh, I was telling myself it's not going to taste as good tomorrow. Oh, okay. So I just have to remind myself when that thought comes up again next time, that's not true. And if it is true, then, hey, I can come back and order this food next time. Or, hey, I can come back and eat this another time. Right? Like, it just brings back that awareness. Like, it's so, it happens so much faster. It's so much quicker. This is an area that I've been working on for several years. And so it's not something that I would put in my top three. So that's just an example. Of, like, that's how quickly I move through things now. And I still, there are still times when I overeat and I emotionally eat, but I can assess and understand why they happened and I move forward. No beating myself up. And I'm also not apathetic thinking like, oh, oh, whatever, I'll try harder tomorrow without any real idea of what was going on in the moment. So for me, one of the areas that I want to work on is as in terms of like the marriage bucket <laughs> is going to be not needing Zach to change in order for me to think and feel differently, right? Like he doesn't have to change what he says, what he thinks, how he responds or how he acts. Like he does not need to change in order for me to think and feel differently or think and feel the way that I want to, right? I really get to step into that owning of my own thoughts and emotions, right? 100% radical responsibility for my thoughts and my feelings. That's on me. It is not on him. And that's going to be something that is going to be a big focus this year because I want this because it's been, it's interesting. Like it's one of those things that I've noticed. I, I can, I can remind, remind myself, I can remember. And then sometimes I totally forget it and it like flies out the window when I want it to be as consistent and easy of a thing, of a process, as a habit, as being able to assess an overeat or an emotional eat. To where when these sorts of things come up, like they're far less frequent, that issues are coming up and it, it's something that I can process and work through so much quicker. That's ultimately my goal is to really like step into this, to embody this, to have better communication, to have like calmer, more peaceful communications, to get less moody and <laughs> give less attitude, to, yeah, to really, to not be so defensive or combative when talking about things or talking through things, especially when it comes to roles and responsibilities and time and who does what around the house. There are definitely some key things that I, I learned towards the end of this year that I am really going to be working on this next year. And this is why it is so valuable to work with a coach because we need somebody on the outside who can show us how we are sitting in our own river of misery, how we are creating the suck for ourselves. I was creating my own thoughts and my own emotions. I was creating the problem, which is beautiful because I get to be the solution now, just like you get to be. You get to be in control of your thoughts and feelings. You get to be in control of what you make things mean. Like you have that power and a coach can help stand strong in their belief and help you to build that foundation. They can help you make better decisions, help you to see things for what they are. So have one, so have three areas that you want to work on this next year, have one goal in each of those areas. And a coach is going to help you to work towards those, to achieve them, to be working towards creating that result, not just doing a bunch of busy work, not just taking action for the hell of it, but to actually be creating a result. 
and helping with that belief along the way for helping in those moments when the doubt and the disappointment creep in or the frustration or the impatience, right? That's the value of a coach is helping to keep you on track and to help pull you back onto track or even just not even pull you, but to bring you back (laughs) when you start to wander and stray. What are you willing to let go of in order to create the life that you truly crave this next year? And this is our last question. And it's a really powerful one. What are you willing to let go of? Are you willing to let go of eating because you feel like it? Are you willing to let go of eating because you're bored or you're stressed or you're tired or you're lonely? Are you willing to let go of resentment, of fear of what other people are thinking or of people pleasing, of taking responsibility for what other people think and feel? Are you willing to let go of the shame and guilt and judgment of the self-criticism, of needing other people to change in order for you to feel and think differently. Like These are some powerful things that we can really start to be honest with ourselves about things that we need to let go of. I need to let go of telling myself that small, simple, sustainable actions are not good enough. I need to, to let go of setting the bar too high, of having this perfectionist fantasy that I think is somehow still attainable. I need to let go of the shame and the doubt and the criticism. I need to let go of my fear of disappointing myself again. And I need to let go of all the times that I've failed in the past. I need to let go of how mean I was to myself in the past when I didn't hit my goal. And again, like this is why having a coach is so valuable. And I know this because my life has changed because I've seen clients' lives change. Like I've been through this. I've done the work. And this is why I now work with other people in the same capacities because I see the ripple effect that it has in every area of life. Because a coach will help you when the scale doesn't go down that week. Maybe when the scale goes up, when it takes longer for you to lose your weight than you originally thought, you don't give up. You don't fall back into the restrict binge regret cycle. You don't think I just have to cut out certain food groups or I can't lose weight eating these. So I often, so I, it took me about a year to get back to my like pre-baby body in terms of weight, body composition, strength, like a full year. And here I was thinking it's going to take me like two months. Like I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the star poster child. I'm going to be the vision of what's possible. All right. And a lot of it came from my ego. A lot of it came from like judgment of I should because I am a health coach. I'm a weight loss coach. I am this life coach, right? Like I should be able to do this and I should be able to do it faster than all these non-coaches over here. And it took me about a year. And I think part of that is like so good because number one, it teaches me patience. It teaches me to, to change the way that I talk to myself as I'm pursuing this goal. It shows me what it's like to be on the path and in the process for a longer period of time than we expect. We have so much more empathy now and compassion and understanding of what that's like. It also puts me in check, right? (laughs) Like it keeps my ego in check. So it took me longer. And now it doesn't mean that's gonna take you longer. I've got friends who have lost their weight and you know, body composition has gone back to normal and they like feel good at the three month mark or the six month mark, but there's nothing wrong if you're at the 12 month or they like really learning how to, again, enjoy this process in order to have that excitement and anticipation for not just the day and that end result, but in this 
in, in the entire time that you are on this journey, right? The whole like journey, <laughs> the whole like it's a journey. It's about the journey, not the destination. And it's so true. Like it's about this journey that we're on. It's about this path that we are, are creating for ourselves. It's this process. And it's hard to do it alone. It's hard when we don't know what questions to ask ourselves. It's hard when we have never done these things before. It's hard when we feel like we keep doing the same thing over and over thinking we just have to try harder because that's not how it works. Just try harder. If it were, if it was going to work, it would have worked by now. That's not how you do it. The way that we lose weight eating the foods we love is that we learn how to end emotional eating. And the way that we end emotional eating is... Be- Like how this works is because we stop overeating. We stop buffering. We stop trying to self-soothe with food. And so you will naturally lose weight because you you have started to recognize when you are reaching for food and you're not truly hungry. Because sometimes we eat for positive reasons. We eat because it tastes good. We eat because we're having fun. In my opinion, I think all overeating is emotional eating. We have a justification and an excuse, a very good and valid reason as to why we should keep going, why we should finish our plate, why we need to get our money's worth, why we don't want to waste it. And a good coach is going to help you identify these patterns, these thoughts, these emotions, so that you can be solving the right problem, right? So that you can end the war with food rather than just giving you a bunch of more diet and fitness rules. They can help you change the way that you talk to yourself on a daily basis because it's those thoughts that create your emotions that then ultimately drive you reaching for food in the first place. So much of my emotional eating stemmed from my shame and judgment and thoughts about myself. It was that I wasn't living up to my full potential. I wasn't in a business that I loved or doing something meaningful with my life. I wasn't making enough money. I wasn't in in this house or having the car. Actually, it wasn't even about the car or the house. It was like I wasn't doing something meaningful with my life. I wasn't making enough money with the business. I wasn't doing, there was so much judgment around these things. That's a lot of where my emotional eating came from. It should be happening faster. There must be something wrong with me. What don't I know? It had me constantly seeking other courses and programs and things like thinking there must be some secret. There must be something out there. I'm telling you what the secret is. It's to eat when you are hungry and stop when you're satisfied. And the only way we can do that is when we end emotional eating, when we are no longer reaching for food to self-soothe and to try to fix and solve our emotions. And if you need some help with this, If you want to make 2022 the year that you step into this new life, not just the body, we'll create the body. Heck yes, we will. But we are also going to be working on creating the life that you truly crave because we don't eat in a vacuum, right? We have to learn and understand and be okay and learn how to allow all emotions without needing to cope with food or wine. Or if you would like some help with this, then I would love to chat. You can schedule your free consult at bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. And there you'll find my calendar with days and times that you can pick from. Find a day that works for you and let's spend an hour really dissecting and, and doing this hindsight, this review of how did 2021, what, what, what are you proud of? What are some areas that you still wanna work on? What were some goals that you didn't hit and why do you think you didn't hit them? Let's really start to get clear on what's coming up, what's a real obstacle and a challenge. Then we're gonna look ahead and really look at, okay, where do you wanna be this time next year? Where do you wanna be next summer? 
I went, I'll help show you all of the roadblocks, all of the obstacles, all of the things that are standing in your way and help you create a roadmap to what it would look like to get there. To really look at the vision that you have for your life and to truly look at how do we change this? How do we truly transform our relationship with food and body and ultimately with ourselves? Because that is the only way that we can do this. We have to start thinking and talking differently to ourselves now, like starting today and every single day after. We get better and better and we catch those negative thoughts like one after another, right? We're just, we just start to be on the lookout for them. We start to recognize the patterns and the habits. We start to recognize all of these different cycles that we get into. And the ones that don't serve us, we learn how to break them and we break the habits that no longer work or are getting us the results that we want. And we start to create new habits that will create the results that we do want. So if this is something that you would like to do, if you are looking to lose weight and actually be able to keep it off for the rest of your life, if you'd like to end emotional eating, if you want to create a healthier relationship with food, like a better relationship to where no food is good or bad and you have peace and ease and calm around all food at all times, where you feel good saying yes and no to food, but also to people and having good boundaries around your time and your energy and your desires and your goals and dreams. If you want to foster that belief and confidence in yourself and learn how to create that and truly step into that and into this life, this dream life that you have envisioned for so long, then I can help. All right. So again, you can schedule your free consult at bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. And I'll show you exactly how we can create this for you in 2022. All right, cool. Here is to a happy new year. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend and I will be back in the new year with some more. All right, here's to creating the body and life you crave. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.